Well, hello, folks. Welcome to another episode of Surviving Empathy. I am your host, Brian Russell of Chef Bry Comedy, and you can always reach me at all of my social media at Chef Bry Comedy. That's Chef B-R-Y. And today's episode, you guys, I'm calling it How We Turn Our Sour Grapes Into a Fine Wine. And this show is all about, you know, some of the negativity that I've been dealing with lately and how the vibe changes in the winter and how our world sometimes feels like it's falling apart and how the world out there is becoming this mean, rude, cruel place. And so how do we take all the negativity around us and all the negativity inside our own heart and change that somehow to arrive at a place of not only positivity, but where we're actually making real progress on our life, on our mental health, and on our, you know, success, you know, because at the end of the day, we all want validation, we all want to do good, and we all want to be liked, and so how do we take all this negativity uh, and turn it into something where others aren't going to get completely turned off by us? How do we take ugly, nasty, bitter, sour grapes and turn it into not only a drinkable glass of wine, but a fine wine that's been aged carefully and has subtle notes of uh, sweet and, you know, all that, citrus and everything else, you know. Aging like a fine wine is not an easy thing to do. I'm trying to do it, but I don't know yet, you know. I'm not old enough yet, but I feel like I'm on the, you know, the path of aging like a fine wine versus getting bitter versus getting turning into a worse person because, you know, as we get older... It gets increasingly easy to become a worse person. We become more intolerant. We become less enthusiastic about the world. We become jaded, you know? And so how do we, as as we get older and wiser in this world, full of chaos, full of problems, how do we see the world in a way where we're classy, dignified, and, and truly living a healthier and more robust life? That's what it's all about. So... Grab yourself a drink. Get ready. This is a long one, you guys. I apologize. It's almost two hours long. I'm so sorry. But I guess I really had to get this one out, you know. Um, but, uh, yeah, grab yourself a beverage. Grab yourself a snack. Uh, it's going to be a good one. Let's begin. Well, hello, folks. Welcome to another episode of Surviving Empathy. I am your host, Brian Russell of Chef Bright Comedy. And you can always reach me at Chef Bry Comedy. That's Chef B-R-Y. And you can reach Rebecca at Spooky Nerdy Gal. So today's topic is kind of in line with uh, some of the topics that I've been doing lately. Uh, Kind of like this season, I wanted you guys to see another side to me. And I was taking the gambit, the bet, if you will, that if I were to be myself, you guys would still like me. (laughs) And the thing of it is, is that A, I don't have a huge following yet, but I have a small but dedicated following. Um, But, uh, you know, I don't want to turn you guys off with too much negativity. I don't want to turn you guys off uh, by being a hypocrite, if you will. Because yes, this show is absolutely about positivity it's about hope. It's about preserving uh, integrity and uh, decency. And, um, you know, it's, it's just about being a good person and trying to uh, energize the world and turn this world into uh, something that's a little less punitive and a little bit more like what we expected when we were kids, if you will, you know. 
And, um, and so the, you know, I've had some uh, topics, even the last episode where I talked about ghosts, I spent the first 30 minutes trying to clarify what this show is about and what I'm all about. And, you know, Rebecca was there and she said, yeah, it's starting to get a little depressing again. And so I just wanted to address that for a second, you guys, because I don't want you guys to think that, um, that I'm, you know, uh, that I got to speaking out of both sides of my tongue, if you will, that, you know, being a hypocrite, being a two face, you know, because the truth of the matter is that, yes, this show is absolutely about being a kind and good and decent person. That being said, in it, like, you know, I've said it before, when you, if we were living in an ideal world, we would never have to, um, we would never have to be rude. We would never have to be unkind. We would never get into a bad mood. And so I just kind of want to go over some of these things a little bit. And um, I've got a, a bunch of topics here that kind of go into that same category of turning your um, turning your sour grapes into a fine wine. You know, because the truth of the matter is, is that I don't care who you are. If, if, if you don't get angry, if you don't get upset, if you don't get outraged from time to time, uh, then you're on the, you're on a different planet then, uh, you know, and it's easy to think because of social media and because of celebrity culture and because of television, uh, that we're just all so positive all the time. And yes, there are some people out there that are just, gosh darn it, more positive than me. And I wish sometimes that I had that. That being said, um, I try very hard to, um, make this show as real as possible and make, give you guys something good to chew on because the truth of the matter is, is that, you know, the best movies, the best music is sometimes the dark stuff is sometimes the, the thinky stuff, the stuff that you have to uh, dissect and understand. It's not that spoon fed Disney plus bullshit, you know, nothing against Disney movies. I love Disney movies, but you know what I'm saying? And I, and yes, there is a time and a place for positivity. There's a time and a place for, um, simplicity. You know, you don't want your kids learning about the hardships of life when they're 10, you know, they, they deserve a good childhood, you know? So, um, so this show obviously is not for children. Okay. Let me just clarify that. Um, and there is a time for the world to feel, uh, you know, wholesome, to feel clean, to feel good, to feel positive. And so I'm all about that stuff. You know, uh, I was just telling my mom, you know, that I don't judge you too much <laughs> about her. She has this addiction to all those um, Christmas movies on the Hallmark Channel. <laughs> and it's like, oh, my God, how do you stomach this stuff? But, you know, I get it because it it's so like all the people are beautiful and and. You know, it's like an idealized world where people are beautiful and people are polite and kind and everybody has a good house and everybody has a decent job. And that's the world we all want to live in. And so sometimes when we're feeling a little uh, tarnished, if you will, we like to watch things that cheer us up, that kind of um, sort of speak to our sensibilities, you know. And so I, I'm, I hope that I haven't turned any of you guys off by showing you that empaths can be you know, gritty too, that empaths, we're sensitive, we're kind, we're loving, we're gentle, usually. But that doesn't mean that we don't have a duality. Everybody has a dark passenger, if you will. Sorry, I'm on a Dexter kick. Uh, my new Dexter shirt came. It's so cool. 
But anyway, um, but I want life to be exciting and I want life to feel fun and I want my audience, you guys, to be my friend. And so you wouldn't just love me when I'm happy, would you? You would love me no matter what, right? And so I, I feel like I can speak to you guys about real stuff. And uh, I'm sure there's a handful of people out there that I'm just not their cup of tea. And I'm sorry for that. I wish I was. I wish I knew what I could do to contort myself into something that you liked. Um, but the truth of the matter is, is that we live in a society today that, um, you know, a lot of people don't want a lot of deep thoughts. A lot of people don't have time for a lot of um, self-exploration and, uh, you know, world exploration. They just want to... You know, they want their simple and easy to digest uh, topics. You know, that's when you want that. That's when you go to talk, you know, listen to Joe Rogan or something because it's simple and it's easy and you know what you're getting. It's the same reason why we like Taco Bell and corporate chain food restaurants is because you know what you're getting into. And so here on my show, you don't always know what you're going to get. Although I'd like to think that there's a through line here by now that I've established the fact that yes, it's about um, battling regressive mentalities. And if you guys don't understand that, you know, that's not a political statement. We're not battling conservatism. We're not battling um, Christianity. We're not battling uh, celebrities. We're not battling uh, any of those things. What we're battling is anything, anything in the world that just comes off a little regressive. What that means is that there's room for improvement. You know, I, I pick on Joe Rogan a lot because I'm super jealous, for one. I mean, the guy can, you know, he's very flexible, let's say. <laughs> he's he's one of those really fit guys, and it's easy, you know. But I, sometimes I just go, Joe, what are you doing? You know, because I just wonder how you get that famous. How do you get that big? Um, but whatever, you know, teach their own. But um I just, I, I prefer on this show uh, to address people who have real lives, who have real jobs. And, um, and if you can forget about the fact that Joe Rogan has $26 million in his bank account, um, I don't know how anybody could relate to him. Uh, you know, and hey, I'm all for people getting successful. I'm, I'm happy and I try to encourage people to go for broke because, that's what this show's all about is giving you a, a guideline to live a robust and healthy life. Um, but at the end of the day, I mean, us regular folks working regular jobs, how are we supposed to relate to millionaires, you know? And those people, you know, they have to guard themselves from us because they don't know which ones are the psychopaths. And so it's just this very like generic fake social media world where I like it when Joe Rogan and celebrities and celebrity culture get real for a moment and they show us that they're just real people. That's great, you know, because we're not going to change that. We're not going to change our society. We can't change the fact that there's a lot of money out there and that we don't have any of it, you know, and we can sit here and stew about it, you know, and that's what sour grapes is. Sour grapes is when you just stew, you're just sour grapes. You're just stewing over the injustice and the inequality of life. Maybe you stew about the way social media is. You stew about the unfairness of the world. It's just, it gets so increasingly easy to simply just want a, a world that's more fair, you know? And so um, yesterday, uh, it was really dark and gloomy here in the Pacific Northwest. And I was really, I wasn't depressed. I was just really feeling sour. 
sour grapes. You know, um, part of it is because I want this show to grow. I want my empath tribe to um, understand what I'm going for here, what my mission is. Um, and I want this to, to get big enough so that I can do this for a living. And I haven't earned one red cent over this. And that's okay because I'm only, I've only been doing this for six months. And so I don't expect a fast, uh, you know, uh, gigantic growth in one year. You know, it's going to take time. And I get that. But, um, but that doesn't mean, you know, just, you know, I said yesterday, just because you're grateful for the little things doesn't mean that you don't get impatient for the big things. And what I mean is, is that we are human beings. We all have a human spirit and whether or not we have a soul or not is um, up for debate, but we, nobody can deny the fact that our human spirit is alive and it, it's passionate and, and, and passion requires um, positivity. Passion requires movement. And so what we want at the end of the day is we want movement. We don't want our life to change upside down overnight because too much change too fast can kind of throw us off. But we want the kind of change uh, that allows us to see the growth of ourselves, of our career, of our finances and of uh, our society, that our species is growing, that our culture is growing, that we're improving in some ways. And I think we all get discouraged, frankly, because we don't often see enough of that. And so I feel like when I'm in a bad mood or when I'm in a bad place that I'm, um, I feel like I'm betraying you guys because you guys signed up for this for positivity and hope. And here I am giving you sour grapes. And, um, you know, I have to clarify that the reason why I have shows and episodes where I talk about sticking it to others, for example, like, you know, talk, talking back to my uh, dentist when they're not being very nice to me, etc., is not because we should, uh, you know, I don't want to hurt anybody. I don't want anybody's feelings to get hurt, you know. But sometimes, you guys, we live in a society where we cannot help that there are going to be rude people out there. There's going to be very unkind, very selfish, very self-infatuated uh, people out there that do not care about you, do not care about your growth. And that also stems into our jobs. When jobs only see you as a means to an end, making. Um, after a while, you guys, your soul just hungers for more. I call it spiritual malnutrition. We collectively, I know I'm going through it and you probably are too, but you're getting spiritually malnourished. And what that means is that um, we want to see emotional, we want emotional satisfaction. We want to see that the world is getting incrementally better, that that there's a purpose to this life, that there's goodness and there's functionality. And when we don't see enough of that, it, we get spiritual, spiritually malnourished, you know. And um, it's just one of those things where I wanted to talk about it because the truth of the matter is that I feel really, I'm second guessing myself and I don't usually do that. Like I'm second guessing whether or not I should have posted episodes where I got negative. Um, and then I thought about it and I'm like, well, 
you know, it's kind of like the old saying that um, if those who don't, those who mind don't matter and those who matter don't mind. And what that means is, is that those folks who matter the most aren't going to worry about you having a bad day. You know, if there's people out there who judge you based on one or two or, or the fact that you're a depressive or the fact that you like ghosts or the fact that you um, get down from time to time, the people who care about that, uh, they're not your true friends. And so that can be a really tough pill to swallow when you're living in a life where you sort of kind of depend on at least some folks to be in your corner no matter what. And when you find out that there's some people out there that have conditions to the friendship, it kind of throws you for a loop because you're like, well, I thought this was unconditional, you know? And so when you find out that some people have conditions or maybe that they're not as um, kind or maybe they're not as, um, uh, maybe they're not there for you as much as you thought they were. In other words, it's kind of like what I was saying about um, people, um, nowadays don't have the cojones or they don't have the extra juice. They don't have the extra kindness uh, to be kind to others. In other words, all of their time and energy is is simply trying to stay afloat in this world and they don't have enough hope. They don't have enough kindness. They don't have enough um, goodness in their heart. They don't have, they don't have, you know, and they're not kind with their time. And so what happens is, is we've all become very curt with one another. We've become very impatient with one another. And um, we all, we've become very jaded and cynical where we're often judging each other very harshly. As soon as we see something we don't like that turns us off, that's it. We're done. And um, I get that because we're limited on time and we don't want to waste our time and energy on people that don't. Uh, live up to our sensibilities. We want to be around like-minded people who share our values. And so I, on, in one instance, I get that. But in another, we have to allow people. We have to be more forgiving of one another, you know, because um, we're all human and we all get depressed and we all get down and we all get anxious from time to time. And so we have to let people get those things out when it happens to them. And and so it's like when I'm depressed, uh, all my Facebook friends go, whoa, and they just, they bail on me, you know? And I used to get mad about that. And then I realized, you know, Brian, you, you expect too much out of society. You expect too much out of people. You know, the society we're living in today, they're not, they're not up to your level, dude. And, and that's, I say that with no ego, but there's just a lot of people out there who are not, gonna be at your level you guys see empaths are a special tribe of people um they're generally smart they're generally sensitive they're generally emotionally mature and they generally um are looking for a, a rich internal life uh to feed their creative souls you know and those kinds of people uh often Hold society up to too high of a standard. We, it's like, here, you have to meet us right here. And there's just not going to be people out there that are smart enough, that are kind enough, that share our sensibilities. And so we're just always disappointed, always disappointed in the way people are, always disappointed in jobs. And, um, and while there are very, very good reasons to be upset with the way the world is these days, um, it's okay to get those things off your chest from time to time. And that's, 
kind of the point I was saying is that um, if you judge me for getting negative sometimes, I don't think, I think you're missing the point. You know, I mean, uh, a perfect example would be like Mr. Rogers. How would Mr. Rogers have behaved if Mr. Rogers had never gotten um, successful? What if he was just Mr. Rogers, uh, the guy who started a children's television show but didn't make it? And now he has to go work down at the 99 cent store or something. <laughs> he'd be, he'd probably be a nice person, but he would also probably be, um, not as, he wouldn't show as much outward graciousness and gratitude because frankly, he's not successful. So he's a little jaded. He's probably got his own sour grapes that he's working with, you know? And so, and so what you have to understand is that people who are not where they want to be are a little bit more uh, erratic uh, than those folks who are successful. In other words, it's easy when you're, uh, you know, a famous actor who's successful and you just starred in a bunch of Marvel movies to feel great gratitude because you've got a ton of money, you're, you're wildly successful, you've, you've got a nice house, you got a nice car, you've got everything that life requires. And so, of course, you're going to be gracious. Of course, you're going to have gratitude. And while I'm glad that there are celebrities out there that uh, don't flaunt their wealth, celebrities that don't um, act like assholes, you know, it's nice to see when your heroes are good people, you know, because yes, they share our values. And once upon a time, they were just like us, starving artists, you know. And so that's refreshing when you see that uh, Hollywood types can uh, be gracious and, and and understand reality. So I'm glad we have a celebrity culture that's sort of lower, um, not lowering itself, but simply um, uh, we're able to meet them halfway, that they come down to us and we go up to them and we meet them at a place of understanding because um, they they weren't always rich. They weren't always famous. And so uh, they remember the struggle and, and, and thank goodness for that, you know, um, in the military. Um, that's why I liked, uh, when I was in the military, the people that I never got along with were the ones that were middle management. And I talked, that means like E5, E6, um, E4, that is middle management where you're not really high enough to be above the fray and you're not quite low enough to um to be relatable to the privates you know what i mean and so those people were always trying too hard those people were always trying to um outdo one another those were the type of people that were always kissing ass and you may see that at jobs and such where people are gunning for the management position or they're gunning to be a lead of some kind and there's nothing wrong with ambition but not when it comes at the cost of these aren't very smart people, but they're just kissing ass. And if they kiss ass and act positive for long enough that they'll arrive where they want to be, even though they probably stink at the job because they don't have any fucking character or experience. And so, and so we're not talking about people with ambition. There's nothing wrong with ambition. Um, and there's nothing wrong with, um, faking it until you make it. I mean, hell, I'm practically doing that. Um, so we all have, you know, uh, ambitions and we all have needs and we all have goals and we shouldn't, uh, hate on one another for having that. That being said, there's a difference between people who are trying to get there the dishonest way 
and people who are actually putting in the hard work to get there. And so, so the point is, is that I don't have a problem. I've had to become okay with celebrity culture and the haves versus the have nots, because when you're working a regular job, it's just so like, Oh God, you know, you deal with the, uh, you deal with the kind of people and things that you just can't believe you found yourself in these situations, you know? And, um, and so talking about sour grapes yesterday, I was just so fit to be tied. You guys, um, I truthfully, uh, the truth is, is I was, I was reeling a little bit feeling like, uh, I'm losing my audience because they're seeing a side to me that they don't like. I was reeling from the fact that I'm not growing fast enough. I was reeling from the fact, honestly, because energetically, the vibes are changing. You know, when I recorded season one, um, it was easy because it was the middle of summer and uh, it was sunny outside and the vibes were very bright and cheerful. And now, uh, even though we're getting into Christmas time, that kind of helps, but we're not quite there yet. But um, and then Halloween definitely helped and going on vacation definitely helped. But I think uh, my vacation, when I, we went down to California, um, it did two things. It allowed us to see friends. It allowed us to get out of our life and escape our environment for a while. And that cheers up your soul. It helps you uh, feel like you got out of your, you know, it's, it's so easy to feel cooped up and get stir crazy, you know. Um, and so it allowed us to go see a, a part of our life that we miss dearly, you know, our old friends, our old life down in California. Uh, so that was great. But then afterward, you have to deal with that letdown, that, uh, you know, back to the grind. And if you don't really like your life, if you don't like your job, if, if you burn out too easily, it's easy to go, oh, fuck, here we go again. And so you can actually even burn out before you even get started. And so, um, but yeah, sour grapes, man, I was feeling it yesterday and, um, and I'm not ashamed of that. You know, that's the one thing I'm trying to teach you guys is don't be ashamed to be negative from time to time. Don't be ashamed to stick up for yourself every once in a while. Um, kindness is the ideal. Positivity is the ideal. But we're not always going to hit that mark, you know. And so um, I've learned that when I put myself out there for you guys, not to uh, hyper analyze what I said, not to hyper analyze uh, what I, the mistakes I might have made. Um, and that kind of brings me into a couple of mistakes that I have made. And I want to talk about that. But um, having sour grapes is natural, you guys. Um, I'm ambitious. Um, I when I was working as a chef. I worked so fucking hard to become the best that I could be. And when I started hitting glass ceilings, um, I pushed harder. But eventually you get to a point where you either break through that glass ceiling or you um, simply find out the hard way that uh, there is nothing beyond that ceiling. In other words, you can't get there because you would literally have to own the restaurant at that point. And once you've hit lead position, it's it's just a whole lot more work. It's just a whole lot more responsibility and it's only a little bit more money. And so you get when you know, it's like the old saying, uh, watch out for what you watch out for what you wish for because you might get it. And that's the truth, because you, you might find out that you don't like it after all. Like with Rebecca at the store, 
Um, she's at a point now where um, she could go up to uh, lead cashier. She could go up to assistant manager. Um, but frankly, she doesn't want to because she um, she doesn't feel that this company um, uh, sticks up for their employees enough. There's not enough morale. Uh, they're always short staffed. There's always, uh, you know, people causing problems. There's too much drama. And so she doesn't want to increase her responsibility level because, that's, frankly, that doesn't feel like there's enough uh, reason uh, to do it. You know, so you get a couple bucks extra pay, but you're still broke and you still can't buy a house and you still can't buy a car. And so you've got all this added responsibility. You've got all this these added headaches. And so it, sometimes it just doesn't feel worth it. Um, and that, you know, that's a personal decision. Um, I've always been an ambitious person. And now that I'm doing this podcast, I'm trying to be ambitious about growth, um, about putting out good work. And so, yeah, I beat myself up a lot. I beat myself up when, uh, like, for example, I bought this mat today uh, because every time I tap on the desk, uh, it would vibrate into the microphone. It was causing this bass. And uh, I was listening for audio quality the other day, and I was hearing that in my earbuds like, oh, man, that's got to be annoying. And then uh, another thing is that I beat myself up for clearing my throat and coughing. I don't have a cough button yet. And so I beat myself up going, oh, God, people are going to think I'm such amateur. I'm such an amateur, you know. And so I got to the point, you know, and and sometimes it helps when people reach out. Uh, their feedback really helps. Uh, we've gotten to know this uh, wonderful lady from uh, Oklahoma, Idris. And she's my feedback queen. You know, she's the one that goes, no, you keep doing what you're doing. You, you go be you. She, she accepts me for who I am. And, um, sometimes I don't know whether or not I'm putting out the right quality of content for you guys or not. And so she's like, no, man, you're being you. And how can you go wrong when you're you? And that's like, yeah, you know, you realize when you're being yourself energetically, when your intentions are good, when your intentions are pure, when you're trying to put out thoughtful content, um, I don't think you can, you might make mistakes, but you're not going to turn off the right people. You know, that's what I have to say is that the right people will get you. The right people will understand and the right people will um, allow you to be um, um, un, imperfect, you know? And so I am trying to um, clean up the audio. I'm trying to better myself in that regards. Hang on. I got a cat situation. Sorry about that, you guys. I thought I heard my cat scratching at the door and she was sitting there on the couch going, what do you want, dad? <laughs> so anyway, <clears throat> but the, getting back to my point, um, having sour grapes is so very natural, you guys. And there is a fine line between um, being gracious and accepting your losses and accepting defeat and, and simply, you know, and being bitter or petty about it, you know? And so, and so, no, I'm not bitter yet. I'm not petty. I don't, I don't feel like anyone's trying to sabotage me. I don't feel like my audience is abandoning me. I don't feel like um, I'm doing anything really wrong. I, the beautiful thing about this type of show is that you guys aren't judging me for the audio imperfections. Um, I, I don't put out this show in order to be um, like, you know, I'm not one of those YouTubers. It's an all 4K and... The audio is perfect and I'm always positive. Like there's a lot of uh, content creators out there who are doing really good work, by the way. But, uh, you know, like uh, this one guy I watch on YouTube, he's like, I always work out first and then I always do this and this and this. And then I always make sure I'm in a good mood so that 
you guys are getting my best. And for him, that works, you know, and I don't have anything against that. I mean, there's times sometimes where I want to be in a good mood and I, you know, go for a run first or I do something to uh, put myself in the right frame of mind um, so that I can be my best for you guys, because energetically, that's what it sometimes requires, you know. Um, but then there's times where I'm not always in a perfect mood, where I'm in a bad mood, where I'm upset or tired or something. And um, I start second guessing myself a lot, but I decided, you know, no, it's worth it. Um, it's worth that people see you <clears throat> as you really are um, because they can see, oh, wow, this guy really does have depression. Oh, wow, this guy really is an empath. He really is dealing energetically with uh, hypersensitivity, you know. And so I want you guys to see uh, <clears throat> the ups and the downs because I think we're friends at this point. You guys know me. And so you know that it, at the end of the day, my uh, intentions are pure. Uh, my energy is to be healing. Um, but that being said, uh, that doesn't mean that the world is always going to be on our side. There's going to be society people, as I call them, that are just pains in the ass. And we have to deal with those people. We have to deal with sociopaths. We have to deal with people uh, who don't share our politics. And a lot of those people are going on Fox News, getting all riled up from Tucker Carlson, and then going into the public and becoming a hassle. They think it's their job to hassle everybody they think is liberal. And I just find that very immature. You know, like we're allowed to have our differences. And um, yes, sometimes liberals can be a little bit wimpy. Yes, we can be a little sensitive. Yes, we can be a little bit too, um, you know, Disney, you know. Uh, but at the same time, um, the problem is, is that they're seeing the world in black or white. You know, I'm an empath. I'm a progressive. Um, but I'm also a soldier. I was a veteran. And so while I... Um, have uh, certain political views and whatnot, I don't live and die by them. You know what I mean? Like, I don't wake up every day, I'm a liberal, and I'm going to go live a liberal life, you know? Like, no. I'm a, I believe in progress. I believe in um, live and let live. Let people be what they are. Uh, if they're a little bit nerdy, if they're a little bit high-strung, let them be. Um, we should not be judging others. Um, it's not our job. It's not, we don't have the right, you know, it's kind of like the old Nirvana song. Uh, what else should I write? I don't have the right. You know, the truth is, is that we have the right to say and do whatever we want. That's the beauty of freedom of speech, but we don't have the right to judge others. We don't have the right to um, hurt others. We don't have a right to try to form the world into what we want it to be. And, and you know, that kind of gets me into uh, the topic of like, anti-trans people. Um, my problem with conservatism isn't that they're fiscally or socially conservative. My problem is that oftentimes um, conservatism also goes into uh, the, the, the greater problem that the Republican Party is having right now, which is, is that they're not representing um, a wide spectrum of, the, of our culture anymore. They're all about upper middle class white men. And anyone who uh, is okay with that. You know what I mean? So any women who are like, yeah, our society's a bunch of pussies. Yeah, Trump. Go for Trump. Or black guys and black ladies who want to be uh, conservative because they want to be a contrarian. I always, I'm like, 
Really? You want to bring our country backwards? Because that, those policies are going to bring uh, African-American culture backwards 50, 60 years. You know that, right? Um, but, you know, to each their own, I always say. But um, So it's not about uh, judging. It's not about hurting. Um, we don't have a right to hurt others. We have a right to judge. We, you know, but when I'm judging things that I see in our culture, I'm not judging it from a place of us versus them. Um, if you're wealthy, if you're a different race than me, if you're a different gender than me, uh, if you're religious, I have no problem with diversity. In fact, that's what America is all about. We're the great melting pot. We're supposed to be different and we're supposed to appreciate our differences, you know? And so when I talk about reverse racism, like when I was talking to Dell and I was saying those people hate us, um, sometimes it happens. You know, if you were raised in India and you saw and the only thing you knew about Americans was, um, you know, uh, survivor and um, housewives, you know, um, you might think we're all a bunch of spoiled, rotten brats, um, <laughs> but uh, you know, that's that's generalizing. We have a tendency to generalize in our culture. And that's what conservatives do is they generalize. They see everything in black or white. And so um, it's not about hurting um, conservative people. It's about trying to get them to understand that your culture is betraying you. Because at the end of the day, those policies are not going to make a better world. We all want freedom. We all want a little bit more grit and realness and little little spit in our eye, a little grit in our eye, you know, uh, the world can come off a little fake, can come off a little bit phony. And I think a lot of conservatives have the right idea, but they don't understand again, you know, watch what you wish for, because if they got what they wanted from Trump and Trumpism at the end of the day, I don't think that that's what they want. I think what they want is, is freedom. I think what they want is, uh, just a, you know, an old fashioned way of life. They want, you know, they're regular gas, gasoline cars. Uh, we don't want to have to deal with, uh, electric cars. We don't want to have to deal with the climate change. We don't want to deal with all these new problems because they're all overblown. That's what they think. You know, COVID's overblown and blah, 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 you know, and that's what they think. Um, they're wrong. And that's why I'm trying to say, you guys, it's okay to be progressive, to want progress. We have to, uh, as a, as a species, if we don't get right, we're going to see rising sea levels that are going to take out entire towns. You know, uh, we're going to see uh, stinkier, dirtier skies, and we're not going to do enough to, to solve the problem in the amount of time we have to solve it. And so we have 12 years. I think we got about 10 years now. That was a couple of years ago. We have about 10 years before climate change is irreversible. Now, I don't know if that's entirely true, but that's what they say. That's what the scientists are saying is that once we get to a point of no return, uh, we're just going to have to get used to um, more wildfires. We're going to have to get used to more um, crazy uh, climate uh, weather patterns and things, bigger snowstorms, bigger tornadoes, uh, more drought, and then drought followed by rain. So, what that's going to do, it's going to upset the, the balance and it's going to screw us all up. And we're, you know, that's going to cost a lot of money and resources for us as a species to have to battle. So it, it would, you know, as they say, the best medicine is uh, preventative medicine. You know, um, it's better for me to run right now and not have a heart attack 
than to eat Taco Bell every day and have a heart attack and then change my ways. Um, you know, beat your problems before they become insurmountable, you know. Anyway, let me take a look at my list here. Um, oh, okay, here's a good one. So to, just to close up sour grapes, we all get sour grapes and uh, we all get insecure. And uh, I care very deeply about this show and I care very deeply about you. And so I, I'm often second guessing myself, wondering if I should have said that or if I should have done that, or are they going to judge me because the audio quality, are they going to judge me for this and that? And so let me just say that uh, I will always try to do what's best for my audience. I will always come correct. If I'm feeling insecure, I will tell you. Um, and, and, and if I think that there's a problem with the show or something that I did wrong, I will always try to uh, set the record straight, you know? So yes, I am, um, trying to get less bumps and and vibrations in my sound quality, but I'm also, um, going to get a cough button. I know I, I have a deep voice sometimes. And when I clear my throat, it's probably annoying. So I apologize for that. Um, but I am going to get a cough button, but they're expensive. They're so expensive. So, um, I'm trying to find the right one because a lot of these cough buttons, and if you don't know what a cough button is, it's basically a temporary mute button because I do have a, a mute button on this microphone, but whenever I press it, you guys hear it. And so it kind of, um, defeats the purpose, you know? And so I'm trying to find a button that you can push whenever you have to cough or clear your throat so that, um, it's the, the audio isn't, uh, interfered with in any way. And so I will find a cough button, but most of them are made for regular, uh, non USB microphones. And so I have to find one that works, uh, with the setup I have. So, uh, I will, uh, look into that and cause I'm always trying to improve. I'm always trying to get things a little bit better because I want this to be a good uh, show for you guys. Um, so anyways, getting, uh, back to it, um, uh, things I learned in the military. Um, so when I was in the military, um, we had a drill sergeant and uh, he actually was a really cool guy. He was a, a African-American. He was a great guy. I'm trying to remember his name now. Uh, it'll come to me. Um, but anyways, he actually was a, um, a runner up on uh, star search. He was a singer and uh, he, I, I need to look him up because I never did look it up because we didn't have internet in those days. But um, the thing he learned, there was two things he uh was very famous for saying, cause he was one of those uh, drill sergeants that was also a, a kind of a, a help self-help guru of sorts. You know, he was always trying to cheer us up. And I thought that was a lot different than the negative reinforcement that you usually get in the military is that uh, there was a few drill sergeants out there who were, who were advocates of positive reinforcement. And if you don't know what negative versus positive reinforcement is, it just means like positive reinforcement is when you, you try to get people to improve by encouragement and by positivity. Negative reinforcement is when you try to punish people when they do wrong. And so we, we should try to become um, healers and educators where we um, don't discourage people and we don't make fun of them, but we encourage them and we show them what they're doing wrong, but in a way that isn't punitive or mean spirited, you know, that's positive reinforcement. But this guy, he was great. Um, and he used to always say, you got to have what? And then the whole platoon would say, joy. And um, and then he had another one, uh, jockey, uh, was it uh, jockey, uh, fast food out, jockey short, jockey short ads in. And what he meant was, is 
you know, stay in shape, you know, uh, you know, don't, don't eat that McDonald's all the time. Stay in shape, you know, uh, reach for your goals, you know, so fast food out, jockey short ads in. So you could be a, a model for essentially for a jockey short ad is what he's saying. Um, but he was a wonderful man. It was very positive, And I always liked positive people in the military because the military is a scary place. You know, and you're doing very serious things and there's a lot of uh, inherent um, risks and dangers and not to mention you can get in trouble very easily. And so it was always nice to be encouraged uh, by people who understood the <clears throat> the importance of joy. And so, so I don't want you guys to lose sight of the fact that just because occasionally I have to um, get real uh, that I'm somehow losing the greater point. Uh, the point of life uh, is different for everyone, but I believe that the point of life is to maximize our freedom and joy. Um, and joy comes from within. And so, yeah, yesterday I was feeling sour grapes, um, but I, the way I was able to turn that around is that I just let go of it. And I went and I um, grabbed myself a coffee and I turned on something funny. <clears throat> Before I knew it, uh, I wasn't, eating sour grapes anymore. I wasn't stewing, um, but I was feeling grateful again. And so sometimes all it requires is just a, a reset, you know, just to reset uh, your motor because um, count to 10, you know, um, take a nap, uh, do something positive, go for a run, exercise, something, anything, read a book. Um, it's easy to get sour grapes, uh, especially in a world that isn't always so kind uh, and isn't always so fair. So, um, I learned in the military the importance of joy because it's so important, you guys. Without joy, we don't have that inner passion. And that inner passion is really what I'm trying to have here for you guys, you know. Hang on. I'm going to take a sip here. The only downside of my job is I can't stop enough to drink coffee. <laughs> but I have learned... <clears throat> I've learned that a little bit of dead air is okay um, to let the show breathe. I don't rush around like I used to, unless I'm just over-caffeinated. Uh, a couple people said to me, uh, your last show was very um, good, but you were very caffeinated, weren't you? <laughs> like, you could tell, huh? <laughs> That's okay. Uh, let's see. So, yeah, understand that joy is everything. And if you can't find your joy... Find out what it is that's killing your joy. Is it your own thinking? Is it your job? Is it your just your attitude about your job? You know, find out if the problem is external or internal or some mixture of both. Um, I can't solve all of your problems for you, but I can tell you that your problems tend to go away when you change your thinking about it. And that, that goes for me too. Um, that doesn't mean that we're not going to get uptight and get mad from time to time. And sometimes we're going to do and say things that we're not always so proud of. But at the end of the day, what it's all about is trying to maximize uh, our peace and our comfort and our joy, comfort and joy. And there, yeah, there's an old uh, jingle Christmas song. Uh, but anyway, uh, what else we got here? Um, be untriggerable. Now this was, I was meant to finish this topic on the last episode, uh, two episodes ago and, uh, we didn't get around to it. Um, but being untriggerable, um, my grandfather was untriggerable. What that means is, is 
there are certain words, there are certain topics, there are certain things that, that most people, if you said the right thing, you could trigger them. Uh, you know, whether it be online or in real life, <laughs> some people are going to get triggered and we all get triggered by something. Injustice, inequality, meanness, rudeness, etc. And that's not to say that it doesn't piss us off. Being untriggerable simply means not letting it rob you of your joy, you know? <clears throat> and so how do you do that? Well, it's different for everybody. But um, what I learned, uh, I, I read that book, uh, The Power of Now. And he would talk about the power of now and always being in the moment, in the present, to enjoy, to have joy in everything that you do. And it's not always easy to do because most of us um, – even if we say we were in a bad mood like I was yesterday, the good news is, is I slept it off and I'm in a pretty good mood today. So sometimes it's just a matter of sleeping it off. Um, but sometimes it's more than that. Maybe we're really, really down because the weather and the vibes and the energy of everything's changing. Um, that's my problem is up here in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, the vibes change abruptly. Once the sun stops shining, um, everybody's mood and attitude changes and that shifts the, uh, the energy. And then I got to, I'm like a magnet. I sense all that energy and it puts me in a weird, dark place for a while until I get used to it again. And then I have to learn new blocking techniques to get rid of it. And so if you're having problems with that because you live in a place where the weather isn't always very nice, um, you know, keep yourself busy. Um, but if that energy is changing around you and you, you're so like, why does, you, you know, cause the truth is, is that human beings, we like to think we're really free and sentient and, um, that nothing, you know, like we're, we, we always assume that nothing, uh, uh, that nothing changes us that, oh, I'm a, I'm a, I'm an agent. I'm my own man and, or woman, and I can do whatever I want and nothing phases me. But the truth is, is that you would be very, very surprised how much our mood and our uh, energy and our happiness has a, everything to do with what's going on in our life and what's going on around us. And so if the politics is negative, if uh, there's not enough change going on in our society, which there isn't, <laughs> um, if your job's getting to you, if people are being mean or rushed or hurried uh, or rude with you uh, at work, um, it can really, really affect you. And that's not to say that... Um, you're never going to get affected. You know, we're, we we all have a threshold. We're all going to deal with that stuff. But the difference between a, a happy person and a negative person is how they choose to process that. Sometimes you just got to let it go. Um, sometimes it builds up, though, over time. And then you got to get it out in some way. For me, I get it out here on the radio. I get it uh, out by writing uh, thoughtful things on Facebook. I get it out by uh, going for a run or working out. Um Everybody has their own way of doing that, but um, it's 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 easy to let all that negativity accumulate and then have it have you you blow your top a month or two or six months down the road. Um, and so, yes, there's a lot of mean, rude people out there. And so that kind of reminds me of I, I was watching a um, I was just watching a movie review with Chris Stuckman, and he was talking about um, movies that ha have improved in his mind uh since he first saw it you know and um and he talked about you know like the star wars prequels and how they're not they're you know they haven't lost they, they're still bad where they're bad 
but that uh, life, we have a tendency to see life differently as the times change. And so something that we may not have liked initially, we end up changing our minds about later um, based on our life experience, you know, as we grow older, as we grow wiser, as our personality shifts and changes a little bit, um, we may not be as critical of something as we were initially. And so, yeah, um, that goes into um, uh, what I was uh, thinking is that, um, you know, people in this world uh, can really get on your nerves, you know? Um, but after a while, you know, it's like, I get really upset sometimes because I feel like my best friend, we had a falling out and it was entirely his fault and I didn't really do anything to antagonize it. And, uh, so we went a couple years without talking and, uh, it really hurt me. Um, but it hurt me the most because I wasn't letting myself, uh, grow, you know, I was still, um, letting myself be upset by the words he used and the words he chose and the tone in which he said it. Um, and so what allowed me to, um, go back and understand that, um, to not be mad anymore to, to the way I got over it is by, um, seeing him, uh, for the person he is. Uh, warts and all, you know, when you start to see that some people are just a certain way, maybe they're just a little too, like my friend, he's, he's very success driven and he can come off very arrogant sometimes, very know-it-all. And, uh, it gets on my nerves, frankly, because he assumes because I'm a little more, uh, off the cuff, you, if you will, that I'm not refined or I'm not sophisticated or I'm somehow a ruffian. Because he has these under, this understanding of me from high school when I used to be a you know a weightlifter you know, and it's like I don't think he's really understood how I've grown as a person you know, and so sometimes that can really get on your nerves. Uh, certain people's traits, um, even though they're your friend, and so we I've just learned that sometimes it's all about putting it in, in perspective. Um, I told him yesterday. I said I, I, I sent him a voice message and I said, you know. There's not, you're not going to like everything about me, but motherfucker, (laughs) I don't like everything about you either. And so at the end of the day, it has to do with um, accepting each other's differences and accepting that there might be certain qualities to certain people that you just don't like, and you're never going to like, but you, you measure that against the total of who they are. And like my friend, Craig, he is a wonderfully kind person. He's great with his kids. Um, He's learning uh, real estate. He's a radio guy. He's a very funny guy. Um, but sometimes he can come off a little bit too, um, just not sentimental enough. You know, it comes off very brash sometimes. And uh, for a while there, I was like, ah, man, you know. Uh, and plus he's a Trump supporter. I'm like, ah, you know. And, and some of the things he says, I mean, like he defends Kyle Rittenhouse because he's all about defending that right-wing culture, you know? And I'm like, why do you always defend shitty people? <laughs> he didn't answer me, but, um, but what it, at the end of the day, the reason why we're able to talk shit to each other and the reason why we're able to say all these things, these antagonizing things to each other is because at the end of the day, we know who we are. We know, I know myself, he knows who he, he is and he knows who I am and I know who he is. And so even though sometimes we 
purposely fuck with each other, it's all meant in jest, you know, because we're going to, we just know that we have these differences and those differences aren't going to go away. And so at the end of the day, uh, it just helps to see people and see situations from a bigger perspective, um, see the big picture. And, uh, that kind of brings me into thinking about life, uh, cosmologically. I, I, I know it's easy as us people to down here on earth, smushed down onto the ground with gravity. Uh, we're like ants. We're just always running around and, um, always doing stuff. And, and yet we're all so busy. And sometimes I just ask myself, we're all so busy, but what are we achieving? You know, um, sometimes we're doing it because we have to make rent and I get that. Uh, that's a very powerful motivator rent, um, and expenses, you know, life is hard. Um, but, but a lot of times it just feels like we're running around and it's kind of like the old Dave Matthews song, ants marching. We feel like ants running around, run, run, run. And poor ants, they don't realize they're, they're instinctual creatures and they're put on this earth to build and to protect the queen. And that's all they know. And that's why they can go into those death spirals where one leads them in, into a circle and then they end up into a swirl and then they can sit there and circle and circle and circle until they die. And it's called a death spiral. Well, us humans are a little bit smarter than that, but we do have the tendency to do the same things. We, um, it's very easy to put ourselves in a death circle, if you will, simply by not allowing our mentalities to change. And so sometimes for me, um, it helps me to see life from a bigger perspective. I, I watch like when I'm having spiritual problems, when I'm having problems trying to find depth and meaning to this life. Um, sometimes, sometimes I'm just, uh, you know, never going to get better until I sleep it off. But, but other times I've learned that, um, watching comedy, of course, helps, but, uh, I believe that seeing the world from a bigger perspective helps. And so what I try to do is I watch shows about space and the universe. And I try to understand us in context to the living universe that we live in. And we are so small and insignificant to this great big universe that sometimes it just helps to uh, even the field, you know, all these people that we think are better, bigger, stronger than us, uh, all those people on social media that feel so self-important in the moment. And sometimes we get like discouraged because maybe they have more money than us. and They're buying a new house. We're like, God, man, like, why does it feel like some people just always have good luck and I always have bad luck, you know? And it's just so easy to get sour grapes about that. And so sometimes I just like to think of life as the big equalizer that we're all subject to the laws of physics. We're all aging. We're all getting older. We're all going to die someday. We're all mortal. And we all put our legs, uh, our feet, uh, we all put our pants on one leg at a time. And so sometimes seeing literally world from uh, outer space uh, sometimes helps ground me for some reason. Um, I've talked about grounding. I've talked about uh, ritual and ceremony. Um, grounding is when you become grounded energetically. Sometimes it helps to take off your shoes and socks and go walk outside barefooted so that you're literally releasing negative ions, negative energy uh, to the universe. And it's said that you're receiving um, uh, harmonic positive uh, energy from the earth. And so you're balancing yourself. You're, you're grounding yourself. You're, you're one with your earth. 
um, because we are, whether we like it or not, we are um, animals born of this planet. We are of and from this universe. We are literally char- star children, you know, in a matter of speaking. And so sometimes it just helps us to understand that. And I think that's why a lot of people get a lot of strength out of religion is because, you know, you take someone like Joel Osteen and he talks about uh, us being children of an almighty God, that we are the children of royalty. And that's a great feeling. We all, it's like, yes, sometimes I, us people that don't feel very important, don't have a lot of money, don't have a lot of uh, clout, don't have a lot of pull in this world. Um, it can feel very um, disempowering. And so sometimes religion has this way of getting us to understand perspective that you're only as mighty, you're only as powerful as you think you are. And so if you tell people that we come from this, from royal lineage, that we are uh, of this almighty God and we are the, ro- we are the heirs of this royalty. Um, it can help people feel better. And I'm all for making people feel better. I just have a problem with, <sighs> I don't want to go into it again because the truth is, is I, I feel like I've been picking on religion too much. And the truth is, is I have nothing against religion when it's just faith and community. Like, but I do have a problem sometimes because at the end of the day, I don't believe Jesus and God is, 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 it's a that's a biblical thing and for me biblical things feel very irrelevant in the modern era so i take issue with that and i am i apologize to you christians and and religious folks out there um i am not trying to pick on religion believe me i was a christian for many many years um but i found myself out of religion when i started asking the bigger questions and so um i am spiritual though and i feel like we um Empaths especially have to gain uh, some form of, um, uh, we have to clear ourselves of negative energy and we have to become one with our earth and we have to reconcile our existence with the universe. So in other words, we have to become, in sorts, uh, friends with the universe, understanding uh, the relationship between men and mankind, men and women, uh, understanding the relation, the human relationships, understanding um, the animal kingdom, understanding population and population growth and how that creates competition. And oftentimes that competition creates a lot of um, noise and uh, just too many people asking us for the, for our money, frankly, and it can all feel like too much. And so that's where we get a lot of our bad attitudes and our bad moods from <clears throat> that's, you know, like, the Fox news crowd get, getting mad at COVID because they want their freedoms. Damn it. And you guys are overblowing all this. Well, the truth is, is that we're not overblowing this. The science is sound. And when you wear a fucking mask, you reduce the likelihood that other people die. So sorry. Um, but I understand where they're coming from in the sense that we're all looking for passion. We're all looking for clarity. And oftentimes we're all looking for someone to look up to. And if we don't find people to look up to, um, oftentimes who we choose as our uh, moral leaders um, aren't always so perfect after all. And I just don't think people like Tucker Carlson have our best interests and have the best interests of society. So, um, <clears throat> you know, but then I pick on people like Joe Rogan. And the truth is, is that I actually like Joe Rogan as a person. Like, he's so good with his dog and he's so, you know, they're... You know, he, he's a guy doing his show and um, every once in a while he gets a little too libertarian for my taste because he kind of has a tendency to go back and forth 
from his liberal sensibilities back to his conservative sensibilities. And he can't seem to like stay in one place. And so I, I fuck with him from time to time. But the truth of the matter is, is as a biological being, there are worse people in the world than Joe Rogan. Okay. I'm not picking on him, but I do get kind of tired when you have that much influence on people that you're not doing bigger stuff. You know, if I had that many viewers, oh my God, I would just use my time more wisely and and be more thoughtful. And sometimes I feel like, I don't know, just maybe I'm jealous. (laughs) Yeah, I'm just jealous. (laughs) The truth is, is I like them. But, um, you know, we all get sour grapes, you guys, because we're all in competition with one another. Uh, We're all looking for validation. Uh, We all get lonely. We all get tired. We all get defeated. And so there is no perfect cure uh, for a good attitude, but I really do believe it starts with um, having good habits, uh, eating well, but not so well that you can't enjoy your life, um, having your routines, but not having such a routine that you become a slave to that routine. <clears throat> and that's what I tell my mom is that sometimes like older women, older ladies, all of us, as we get older, we need our routine, routines, animals, especially like Gouda. Gouda wants her routine. Routines are healthy because uh, it shows a daily sense of um, consistency, and that helps people feel like um, that there's consistency in their life. And so consistency is a good thing, but um, too much uh, routine can actually make us start to feel like we're, you know, getting stir crazy, that we're not, there's not enough movement in our life, you know. I I kind of said uh, the other day on Facebook that on the one hand, I want big change, but on the other hand, I don't trust that that change won't hurt me. You know, like in other words, like we want, we all want change, but we don't trust change because change often comes too fast and often comes with too many negatives. Right. So while I want my life to grow and I want to expand and I want to meet new people and I want to do new things. Um, I also want it to happen in a way that I'm not overwhelmed because sometimes change isn't always for the better, you know? And so we all want positive upward mobility. We all want movement in our life. And sometimes it's not about wanting perfection. I don't want wealth. I don't want a total perfection in our society. I just want to see movement, right? And so I want to see movement in our politics that's starting to address real people's problems. Uh, creating a better society starts with uh, creating more jobs, creating more sustainable living for more people, uh, taking the burden off of people to have to try to survive in a in an economy where there's not a whole lot of good jobs left, where there's not a whole lot of good pay left. And so um, easing those burdens would go a long way into um, just – feeling like our society is going in the right direction. And I think we're doing that slowly but surely, but we're not there yet. Uh, there's just too, too politically divided we are. <clears throat> but um, uh, going into this, um, let me see here what I got here. Um, so, yeah. Uh, go, oh, so being untriggerable, untriggerable, there is no magical solution, but it's, it's no, understand what your trigger words are. What are your triggers? Do do you get triggered when people talk about uh, things you don't like? Um, are you triggered when I, when I Brian 
uh, talk about negative things? Do I trigger you when I talk uh, ill uh, against religion? Do, do I trigger you when I'm trying to get real and that comes off as negative to you? Um, does that trigger you? Um, knowing what your triggers are is the best way of dealing with your triggers. If you don't want to become upset, then know what your triggers are and then ask yourself, why am I triggered by this? You know, because you may find that you're not actually triggered by the subject matter, but you're you're just having a knee-jerk reaction. And then once you start understanding <clears throat> greater context, uh, maybe you won't be so upset about it. So that's kind of my belief is that being untriggerable has to do with, like my grandfather, just not, you know, we're all passionate. But there's a, there's a fine line between passion and just being stressed out, you know, um, uh, I can get very energetic uh, on the show. I can get very spazzed out, if you will. I can get very excited and excitable. Um, and that is passion. I'm passionate about what I talk about. But that can also be a double-edged sword where that passion um, makes me have too high of a standard for people or have too high of a standard for society. And so I would say, Try to acknowledge incremental progress both in your life and in society because when you hold everything to too high of a standard, um, your, your needs are never going to get met. And so we're always going to set ourselves up for failure. And so the best way to handle uh, that is by mitigating your standards, mitigating your expectations. You know, um, it's depending on where you look in the world. Uh, you can be very discouraged by life. Um, and so the way to encourage yourself is to buy, you know, it's like they say, uh, look for the helpers, you know, anytime you're discouraged by selfishness or injustice or inequality, try to find the positive stories out there where people are making a positive difference. Look for the helpers. I, you know, I said it on a, a previous episode that we have to become the carers in our society. And, um, and, and, and that a lot of us aren't in, in the headspace to be that, you know, um, some people just aren't built to care about anybody but themselves. And we call those people sociopaths. But for, for those who are just perhaps maybe dealing with a job that they don't like, dealing with rude customers all the time, um, it can make you very misanthropic. You know, Rebecca deals with rudeness so often that she's just very, very turned off by, life and people right now. <clears throat> and she has every right to be, you know? Um, so, so what I try to tell her is look for the helpers, look for the good ones. And so thankfully she works with people that are really nice, really good, very helpful. Um, try to be, you know, that's where I got from my military training is try to be, um, uh, people be, try to be the person that people look up to. That doesn't mean you have to be perfect, um, but carry yourself with a sense of ease and calm. Uh, carry yourself with a sense of assuredness and try to relax and try not to let your um, mood and your temper uh, be easily triggered by rude people or by um, certain trigger words. Um, you may not want to hear about Trump and Trumpism. You may, you know, you may work in a grocery store like Rebecca and you don't want to hear another mask hole go off about how the vaccine don't work. <laughs> and I don't blame you because it does work. Um, um, but we have to coexist, you guys. We have to coexist with these people. And so how do you um, 
think good thoughts about humanity while daily being reminded that humanity is screwed? <laughs> well, there's a lot of people on this planet, and some ants are going into a death swirl, and some ants are, you know, building uh, beautiful uh, tree houses, <laughs> we'll say. You know what I mean. I just mean that not everyone is going to be to our liking, and not everybody is going to live up to our expectations. And it's easy to let that uh, discourage you into thinking that there's just no good in the world. Um, but I assure you, look in the right places and you will find the helpers. You will find the carers. You will find those helping animals. You will find those helping people. Um, and you might want to do something that helps you do that. You know, go help uh, the needy this Christmas. Go work in a soup kitchen. Um, you You may not like that. Um, and if that's not your cup of tea, um, at least, you know, calm yourself and relax yourself with news that is going to help you see incremental progress. That's what I try to do. When I get discouraged by humanity, I'm like, oh, man, we're just never going to get there as a species, are we? And then I try to look for stories um, <clears throat> like on my Google feed uh, that is positive. And so I literally look up positive news like I type in Google, positive news, <laughs> uh, encouraging news. Um, you would be surprised at the good things people are trying to do in this world. And that includes myself. Um, I'm not rescuing people from fires like I, like I once planned in the fire academy. Um, but I, you know, my teachings in uh, the military, my teachings in the Boy Scouts, my teachings uh, <clears throat> in culinary school, uh, and EMT work in the fire academy uh, have geared me to try to be uh, set a good example. You know, I'm trying to set a good example for you guys, but I want you guys to see that even those of us who are doing well and have it put together pretty well, we still have days where we're a hot mess, you know? And so um, trying not to judge each other too harshly, is where it's at. Um, let people make mistakes. Let people be human. Occasionally, I'm going to bump the microphone. Occasionally, I'm going to cough or clear my throat. And I apologize. I'm working on it. I swear to you. I'm always trying to improve myself every single day. But make sure when you, you know, in life, you know, like, for example, I've ran twice this week and I woke up thinking, ah, oh, I didn't get my four workouts in this week. Even if I go for a run tonight, I'm still not going to get my four workouts in this week. And so I could sit here and beat myself up about it. But the reason why I set it at four is that even if I don't hit the mark, I'm still doing three and three is pretty darn good. You know, when you run five, six miles, three times a week, you're healthy, you know? So I try to see the incremental progress in my cardio. I try to see the incremental progress in uh, my weight training. And I try to see the incremental progress in our politics as well as, um, my own personal life, my personal mental health. Um, sometimes you just kind of have to figure out what works for you, you know, because our brains all work different. Whatever terrifies you, whatever sets you back, whatever triggers you, uh, identify them. That's, that's how you're going to defeat them is by identifying what doesn't work, uh, so that you can, uh, strengthen what does, you know? Uh, <clears throat> so passion. Uh, passion is a double-edged sword. Uh, I talk here, I have written, um, uh, passion, idealism versus realism, activism, and when to have passion for altruism and when to exercise reality. Okay. So what I mean by that is that, uh, empaths, 
uh, progressives, most kind-hearted people, whether you consider yourself an empath or not, are very idealistic. We're ideal because we want the world to be ideal. We 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 want the world to perfect itself. We want the world to to be positive. And so when it doesn't meet the mark, we kind of have an all or nothing mentality where we throw the baby away with the bathwater, if you will. And we don't recognize the incremental progress. And so um when when it comes to passion, it does create idealism. Idealism is kind of like altruism in the sense that you want the world to be um, as good as it can get um, without it feeling fake or phony, right? So we want in the ideal, I want to be an empath that uh, teaches people. I, uh, in the ideal, I want to be an empath that's always kind and Zen. Um, in the ideal, uh, I'm always striving for perfection uh, with my fitness, with my mental health, with my um, podcast, it's all, you know, that's what's ideal. That's altruism, right? But sometimes altruism and idealism doesn't always uh, go as planned, you know, because we live in a very imperfect world. And so <clears throat> uh, uh, activism, uh, what is activism? Well, activism, you know, a lot of people think activism is a dirty word because it's political. And we're all so turned off right now by politics, you know, because we're tired of the left versus right. We're tired of the anger, we're tired of uh, the frustration that that it creates. Having to sit at Thanksgiving with our conservative, uh, you know, relatives, going on and on and on about how Trump is the greatest. It, it's just, uh, it just doesn't work for us, right? And so it's easy to get discouraged when there's people like that in the world that you disagree with. But think of it this way: <clears throat> you know how you don't like it when your conservative, and I'm not trying to pick on conservatives here. Some are not this way, but some conservatives are racist. Some conservatives are homophobic. Some conservatives are just old fashioned. They get a little misogynistic and they don't necessarily mean anything by it, but they, they think the woman's place is still in a kitchen, you know, or they don't like trans people. Let's, let's, let's go with that. Say you have an uncle or a cousin or, you know, whoever, grandfather, whoever, that just doesn't think it's natural for people to be trans, right? And so they're judging the world. See, and that's what conservatives do. It's, it's called reactionary. Being a reactionary means that you don't like the way the world is and you're going to force your will to try to change that world in any way you see fit. You don't like the gays. You don't like, you know, ethnic people. You don't, you know, you, you don't like what's going on down at the border. You don't like, uh, you know, trans people, for example. Um, I got a point here. Stick with me. <laughs> um, but at the end of the day, you don't like it when people get that way because it's like, just live and let live. What, you know, it, it's like the old, uh, there's a meme that says, don't like gay marriage. Then don't get married. Don't go, don't get into one. Don't go, don't have a gay marriage. <laughs> you know, uh, the point is, is that we have to learn to let go, to learn that the world is not always going to be what we want it to be. And so when you think of your uh, racist uncle, for example, or your transphobic uncle, who, not mine, by the way, but in this example, let's say he's uncle racist um, or uncle transphobe, um, those people upset you, right? But think about the way they're trying to force their morals onto society. 
In other words, they they look at the world and see all the things they don't like, and then they rail against that all day long, right? Well, you don't like that, correct? Well, my point is, is that um, when you rail against things you don't like, you're doing the same thing, right? And in other words, um, you may see there's a difference. And yes, there is a difference between you um, uh, being idealistic and passionate for trans rights, for gay rights, for the rights of minorities and ethnic people and black people and Native Americans and Hispanics. You are for all those things, right? And yes, we absolutely should be for all those things. But my point is, is that uh, we cannot uh, get rid of racists. We cannot get rid of homophobes. We cannot get rid of people who have not, uh, you know, the way they want to get rid of uh, uh, trans people. Uh, we want to get rid of Trump supporters. We want to get rid of uh, the Proud Boys. We want to get rid of uh, our racist uncles, right? <laughs> and at the end of the day, my point is, is that you're never going to get rid of them. And so the same way they want to violently eradicate the things that they don't like, we cannot take on those same attitudes. We have to be, because we're smarter, because we have higher sensibilities, we have to be the bigger people here and say, you know what? We can't get rid of the Proud Boys. <clears throat> we can't get rid of Trump. We cannot get rid of all of these things. Although we can in the sense that we can vote against them. And so that's why we're political because politics is an extension of our activism and our activism is a uh, is based on our altruism and our idealism, right? And so they're all interconnected. And so that's why I talk about politics sometimes, because if we're going to create a better world, we have to create better politicians. And if we create better politicians, they're going to create policies and legislation that, that, that equal the playing field. So we don't want politicians like Trump who are giving out tax breaks for the rich. That makes no sense. We know it's proven now that trickle down economics does not work. That when you give rich people more money, all they do is go to outer space with it. They don't, they don't build more jobs. They don't, they don't create more equality. They are not raising wages. They take that extra wealth and they give it to themselves. And so knowing that, we, we want to create institutions that are more fair. And so we have to be political. We have to be political if we're idealists. If you are an altruistic person that believes in equality, that believes in helping um, level the playing field for uh, poor people, that believes that the working class deserves greater uh, hope and positivity and equality, then you have to become an activist, which means that if you're an activist, you have to become political. And so you have to become somewhat, not entirely, but you have to become somewhat politically literate. And now that doesn't mean that we should all become a part of that left wing or right wing echo chamber, the ditto heads and that right wing bubble and that left wing bubble that just yells and screams all the time, the woke mob, you know, we don't have to get, a, you know, we might be uh, properly outraged. But like I was saying earlier, just because it triggers you doesn't mean that you have to get triggered. In other words, take that anger, take that outrage and turn it into something fluid that actually benefits the world. Because getting mad, you know, we require, you know, anger is not always a bad thing. 
And I've told you and I've taught you guys the difference between anger and hatred, that anger is often justified, whereas hatred often isn't. Well, anger is a great motivator. Anger helps you um, lose weight when kids call you fat, <laughs> which is bad, by the way. Don't do it. Um, anger helps you get motivated uh, when uh, there's injustice in the world. Anger helps you to stay motivated when you're gunning for that job because that other guy is competing with you with that job and the anger sometimes helps motivate. And so that's what anger is, is anger is a motivator, but it's not meant to uh, rule our whole life. And so what we have to do is think of anger as the fire that starts passion, that starts action, but don't stay there or else you're going to burn up in that fire, right? And so we use that fuel of anger to propel ourselves forward and then we have to then replace it with another feeling. And so those feelings can be a lot of things. Love, kindness, uh, activism is usually uh, altruism and idealism uh, put into action. And that's what we have to do if we're going to change this world. And so we don't have to do it in a way that's, you know, obnoxious. We don't have to do it in a way that's heavy handed necessarily, but we have to do it if we care about stuff. And so if you care about equality and you care about, um, you know, you're tired of racism and you're tired of regressiveness, you know, because we're all tired of it, right? This whole show is about fighting systemic regression. Regressiveness is anything that's moving backwards. We're supposed to, as a culture, be slowly always moving forward. Our ad advancements in um, technology should benefit humanity, not just the rich, Um uh, politicians are a necessary evil in that we require politicians in order to pass legislation that's going to help shape our world. And so if you care about equality, make sure that you're supporting politicians that care about equality too. And just because you might have some uh, libertarian or conservative leaning values, try to remember that there's a difference between uh, fiscal conservatism and being socially liberal. Because most conservatives nowadays are socially liberal and they don't even know it. I've got a bunch of conservative friends that um, on the fiscal issues are very conservative, but on the social issues, they're like, well, I don't want to bash gay people and I don't want to, I don't want inequality between black people and I want there to be institutional um, equality, you know, and so there's a lot of conservatives out there who perhaps have been, um, glamored by Trump and Trumpism and Ted Cruz and, you know, all these conservative blowhards out there because they're all trying to keep you outraged about your freedom and how those freedoms are being taken from you. But they're playing on your sense of white entitlement. And I assure you, black people and brown people are not put on this earth to hurt white people. They're here to exist and, and better their lives just like you are. And so we have to start looking at people as equals, you guys. Um, you know, and so, yeah, um, I get triggered. I get outraged. I get, I get into bad moods all the time, but that's why I, I you know, I, I go do what's necessary. I think on it. I ponder on it and, uh, I come out the other side a better person for it. So turning your sour grapes into wine. It's just a matter of uh, intellectual honesty and uh, and emotional intellectual maturity. You know, emotional maturity. Um, 
I'm a silly person. I goof off. I love fart jokes. I'm, I'm so fucking stupid. You guys, you, you don't even know. Like I love silly humor. I love being immature. I love old nineties movies like Tommy boy and you know, um, all that silly stuff, you know, but at the end of the day, I also like really mature, thoughtful movies too. And, and so try not to take yourself too seriously. Cause that's where it all comes from. You know, uh, my friend Jim, he's a lovely guy most of the time, but sometimes I think the reason why he's so uptight is because he literally thinks that the world owes him more than the rest of the world because he went to chiropractic college. It's like, yeah, I worked hard too, motherfucker, you know? And so there are going to be people out there that just, you're not going to see eye to eye with. And you just got to ask yourself, to what extent do I like this person? <clears throat> if they're more harm than good, get rid of them. If they're more good than harm, then you can work with that. You know, it's like a piece of clay, you know, as long as there's something to work with here, um, try to see the good qualities in people because they're not all bad. And they're not all good. Um, but we are as sensitives, as empaths, we're trying to create a more altruistic and ideal world. And so the only way we can do that is to say, hey, here we are trying to change things we don't like change racist people change but that's the thing you guys you're not going to change your racist uncle you are not going to change uh, transphobic people you can try using your best argument to get them to understand but at the end of the day they care about the world they live in and that's why they are the way they are they can't stand that they live in a world that has atheists or that has black people, or that has, you know, Mexicans. <laughs> it's like, sorry, dude, but this is the world you live in. You're going to have to start accepting the fact that there are just certain things that exist that you may not always understand or like. Um, and so getting your more conservative, more regressive family members to understand the point of progress, the point of fighting against tyranny and oppression and inequality, uh, helps them as much as it helps you. And so, um, but just realize that when you're trying to create a better world, yes, at the end of the day, you not liking racism, not liking uh, misogyny, not liking transphobia. Uh, yes, you are in the moral right there. Um, but remember, just like they don't, they want to get rid of all people they don't like, you're trying to get rid of all people you don't like. And none of us have the right. We're all here. Get used to it. You know what I mean? We're here. <laughs> Get used to it. So, so we have to, if, if we can't work with these people, then at least we can ignore them. And that's the point is that your racist uncle can ignore it. Your transphobic, uh, family member can ignore it. You can ignore the proud boys. You can ignore Trump. You can ignore Kyle Rittenhouse. You can ignore that mean spirited judge that let him off the hook. <laughs> and while we should probably not um, ignore too many systemic injustices and inequalities, um, choose your battles, you guys. That's what it's all about. Because always try to think about the best, the greatest amount of good that you can achieve. And if you can't make any headway to create a better uh, situation, then, uh, you know, it, it, then that's why we choose our battles. We're, we're deciding which battles are worth fighting and which battles aren't. So let me look at my list here. I'm almost done. Um, but yeah, passion, idealism, 
uh, versus realism. Um, sometimes, you guys, the world is not always very progressive. In fact, it's quite regressive. And that's why, even though I love Oregon and I love the spirit of Oregon, there are people here that are so backwoods. They're so backwards. They're so regressive. And you can overhear them in the store and you just shake your fucking head and go, oh my God, you know. Like uh, Rebecca said the other day, she overheard this guy talking about, yeah, you know, I wish I was in Idaho because people there, that no one even has to wear a mask there. <laughs> and I said, yeah, well then move to fucking Idaho, guy. <laughs> you know, and and that's the beauty of of Oregon is that, yes, we get a lot of that Trumpism. We get a lot of that um, conservative nonsense. Um, the Fox News lies and propaganda machine bullshit. <clears throat> but at the end of the day, we have a very progressive um, uh, governor. We have a very progressive uh, legislation here that at least is uh, fighting for equality. And while uh, there's a lot of vitriol and a lot of ugliness here in our politics, um, I don't know how we're going to get rid of that, you guys. I, I don't think we are. I think the best way to silence the, the, the unsilent majority of loudmouths out there uh, who are saying things that you can't stomach because they're fucking crazy um, is to ignore it, energetically ignore it. It's, it serves you no purpose because you have evolved. They're way down there and you're way up here. And there's just no way that those people are going to understand you. And there's just no way that you're going to understand them. And when you're not on the same wavelengths, um, we're going to have to le learn you guys to coexist. So um, try to see it with a sense of humor and whimsy, you know, like, well, by gum, <laughs> those people are so silly. You know, try to have a good sense of humor about it because they're not going anywhere. And while it's it's awful um, that people can't learn to behave themselves and they can't learn to understand the importance of equality, <clears throat> um, incremental change, you guys, that's where it's at. Maybe you can talk them into understanding why it's wrong. But uh, yeah, that's what I got for you guys. Let me see here. One more. Do I got, oh, 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 so I'll end that, this with saying... Um, there's two more topics here. So get your house together, sort your life out, mate. So from the movie Shaun of the Dead, sort your life out, mate. Um, he got really drunk and uh, he Liz broke up with him and he was drinking and carrying on. And uh, his roommate came out and he took his album and he flung it out the window. He's like, hey, what are you doing? He's like, we broke up with Liz tonight. And he, and, uh, he, he gave him the spiel and he says, sort your life out, mate. And he got, he was really drunk by this time and he walked over to the kitchen and he wrote, sort life out, get Liz back. And then he passed out. <laughs> right. And so I use that as an analogy because, um, it's easy to let your house fall apart, to let your life fall apart. And so all I would say is sort your lives out. You guys make good decisions. Um, we all get depressed. We all get sad. We're all battling with, um, really negative uh, forces out there. We're dealing with our own uh, mental health problems. We're dealing with negative thoughts. Um, <clears throat> but sorting your life out is about prioritizing what's important to you. So if you have a job that you just know is never going to get right, um, it start. It, you need to start slowly sorting your life out. Find a better job. Uh, maybe do something from home. Uh, maybe you are lacking in 
your your creative juices are flowing and you have nowhere to put it. So maybe you need to start a podcast or maybe you need to start an Etsy shop or all I'm saying is, is it whatever it is, um, sort your life out and uh, you're going to start feeling better uh, because, you know, when, when we're in a positive mood and we see other people in a negative mood, we often see that as they're a bad person or they're screwed up in the head. But really, just think about all the times you were there once too. Maybe three months ago, you were down at their level and you were kicking rocks, you know? So just try to remember that when people aren't doing well or when people are in a mood, uh, that you were there once too, you know? And try not to judge. Um, try to help. Be the helpers. Look for the helpers and be the helpers. We are the carers in this world. Uh, one more thing. Uh, Friday vibes every day. You guys, like the power of now is, uh, that book was trying to teach people to see positively their blessings in every moment. So let maybe you're sitting there and you're dealing with a rude customer at work, for example. And, uh, it's easy to let that being out of your comfort zone. Being at work where you're not in charge, where you're, where you don't have the, the protection of your, um, cause your house is your energetic temple. It's where all your comfortable things are. It's where you can be most yourself and you can rip that bra off and go, ah, oh, after a long day, you know, and, um, and that's a great thing. Your life, your, your, the thing I would recommend is this, your house is your temple energetically charge your temple to always be positive, which means at home, don't talk about people and things that have nothing to do with your house. In other words, if you need to talk about something uh, that's negative or something that doesn't have anything to do with your home life, go walk outside and do it. In other words, don't energetically charge your house with all these negative feelings because you will negatively charge that environment. Um, it's residual, but it's, it's, it collects over time. And so, uh, you might want to sage your house from time to time. Maybe you're having a lot of stress. Maybe you're drinking at night and you're carrying on and you're develop, you're getting all these negative energies out. Um, but by doing so, you've negatively charged your environment. It's become a dark cloud. So maybe clearing the air once in a while, saging your environment, cleansing your environment, open up the windows, get some sunshine, clean the windows, do something that makes your house Feel like your temple. This is your energetic temple. And whether you have a big, big house or a tiny little cracker box, it doesn't matter. It's yours. That is your uh, home. You should be proud of it. And um, you should never be ashamed of where you live. And uh, you need to make it energetically yours. So try not to talk about things. You know, there's certain things I won't talk about in this house. And um, I've broken my own rule recently by talking about certain people and things in this house that I shouldn't have. And, um, all I can say is, is that if you do talk about certain things in your home, make sure at the end that you put a positive spin on it so that you don't leave that negative energy hanging, lingering, because it will uh, add up, you guys. Um, but but t- going back to that, uh, that whole thing about um, uh, Friday vibes every day, just like the power of now is trying to teach you the power of fun and excitement and joy. Uh, no matter where you're at, you could be getting yelled at by a customer, but in your mind, you know, you're in a hot tub drinking a glass of wine, you know? <laughs> so, um, and that's not, it's easier said than done. I know. Um, but the way I try to see it is that um, I'm a very vibey person. And that's why 
this podcast is probably going to go into a little bit darker territory during the winter because winter here is very energetically oppressive. And so um, there's not much I can do about other people, but what I can do is acknowledge that, okay, I'm going to be going through some darker times and how do I stay positive? And so I'm trying to stay more busy. I'm trying to get into my physical fitness. I'm trying to stay more energetically, positively charged. And so what I'm doing essentially is trying to keep those Friday vibes happening all week long. Like, I don't know what it is about Friday vibes, but every Friday, I haven't been to a party in years. <laughs> I haven't gotten excited for a weekend in a long time because I work from home. Um, that being said, I still get excited on Friday nights because uh, I used to get excited on Friday nights when I was in the military. I used to get excited on Friday nights in high school and college because Friday is where it's at, baby. You get off work, you're with your friends, and maybe everything in your life has changed. Maybe you're not around those friends anymore. Maybe those Friday vibes aren't there anymore. Um, but that's not the point. The point is, is that remember those Friday vibes. Um, I don't know about you, but Monday vibes are very hard on me. I sense them. I can sense when people are anxious about going back to work. I have to close up my windows on a Monday, especially Monday mornings when everybody's getting ready for work around me, all the neighborhood. Uh, I close up shop and I let those um, negative, uh, intrusive vibes, uh, I try to block them as go as well as I can. And then when they dissipate, then I have my, my Mondays are not energetically great, a great time for me. And so I've learned uh, extra protection strategies, extra grounding strategies, extra filtering strategies on those d days where vibes are just heavy. <clears throat> and, uh, and so uh, conversely on Fridays, uh, Fridays are the time to celebrate joy and health and good life and good living. And so um, get those, get that excitement back, get those Friday vibes back any way you can and try if you can to try to have those Friday vibes uh, as often as you can. And, and so the way you do that, there is no magical cure. But um, first of all, make sure your house is in order. Second of all, make sure you clear all the energy. Third of all, make sure uh, that you've sorted your life out, mate. That means uh, cleaning your house, uh, cleaning up your life, get your computer cleaned, uh, get everything organized the way you like it, and um, don't lose your shit if things get dirty again. That happens. Um, I, I tend to be that way, and I've learned. Rebecca's kind of a messy person. I'm a very clean person. I've I've allowed myself to accept that life is not perfect, that the room and the bedroom, while organized, is not the cleanest it's ever been, and you know, I can't control her chaos. That <laughs> She is the way she is, and I've come to accept that. And actually, it's made me a better person because now I don't break down every time things aren't perfect. The room doesn't have to be perfect. My life doesn't have to be perfect. It's, it's about accepting our limitations and accepting that we can't change the world around us. And so um, the best way to do that, really, you guys, is by, like I said, sort your life out, clean your house, get organized. Have, write down what your mission in life is. What do you care about? Write a list. What do you not care about? Write a list. What triggers you? Write that list and then start doing the mental work that is required <clears throat> to understanding how to maximize those Friday vibes every day. Um, maybe for you, Friday vibes are Christmas vibes. 
I think that's why people like it this time of year because it's starting to be Christmas and the lights are going up and people are just a little bit more thoughtful and a little bit more caring. Uh, we spend a little bit more time being nice to each other and that's a great thing. Um, so whatever you got to do, I mean, like last year, uh, we didn't take our tree down until February, you guys, because Rebecca energetically was not ready to let go of Christmas and that vibe, you know, because that's what it's all about. It's about those vibes, those positive vibes. And so whatever you got to do to get into those good vibes, um, that's why we get into the paranormal. That's why we watch horror movies. That's why uh, we color her hair purple. It's all about having fun. And if there's people out there that don't want to exist with purple haired people who like ghost shit, well, tough shit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because this world, we're not, this world isn't always going to be our cup of tea, you guys. And just like I've had to get used to the fact that some of you guys, uh, I'm not going to be your cup of tea and some of you aren't going to be my cup of tea. Um, I've learned to accept that which I cannot change. And so it's not about, you know, going quietly into that good night and, uh, not fighting for what you believe in. We absolutely should choose our battles, choose what's important, fight for those battles, uh, and fight for incremental change. But at the end of the day, if you're constantly uh, agitated by this person or that or this or your dirty house or whatever, you know, do the legwork it requires. You know, like me, when I clean my house at the end of the day, um, I don't have to do a whole lot of cleaning anymore because I just maintain it. I do a little bit of light dusting here and there. I do a little bit of organizing here and there. Um, the, what I told Rebecca is the reason why my house never gets dirty is because I never allow it to get that far. I'm just constantly maintaining it. So I never really have to do giant projects of cleaning because it never gets that dirty to begin with. But with Rebecca around, she's my, <laughs> she's my chaos to my order. And, uh, I love her dearly, but, uh, she has taught me that life is not perfect and you can't change everything. So uh, accept that there's going to be a little bit of chaos in your life, but just remember where the line is. If your life is always frustrating and frustrated and you're always getting uptight and always triggered and you're always worried about things, um, <clears throat> slow it down, calm, look for the things that are going to find your more calm nature. Cause like me, for example, um, I'm a very excitable person. I'm a little spazzy McGee when I get, I'm very passionate and I get very passionate, but conversely, when I'm depressed or down or tired, um, I get very dispassionate. And so I have to really watch myself with my negativity, you know? Um, and that's what I mean about choosing your words wisely when you don't want to end a friendship because boy, I, I can, I can, I can hand people a handful of words <laughs> that they're not going to like. And so I've had to learn to watch myself. Um, but anyway, that's what it's all about. You guys, sour grapes. We all get them. We all stew in our own juices from time to time. We all have pity parties. Um, my, my dad, you know, rest in peace. He was a very, he loved his pity parties, boy. He'd go to the bar and he'd drink and all day, every day, me, 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 poor me. You know, I can't stand pity parties, but we all get them from time to time. And you know, when I get into a pity party, I always go, Oh, Brian, don't, don't do it, man. You know, but we all get there from time to time. We all feel a little sorry for ourselves and get a little gloomy gus, you know? So my best advice is, um, when you get down, just don't, don't live there as long. You know, I still get depressed just as often as I used to, 
But the difference is now is that I don't set up camp there. I used to set up camp there and live there for days, sometimes weeks. Um, now I get justice down, but I don't let myself dwell on it as long. Um, that doesn't mean that you shouldn't sometimes, you know, occasionally we have to process our feelings and the only way to process those feelings is to allow ourselves to be a gloomy Gus for a day or two. Um, that's natural. If you're upset, you're angry. It's natural to get it off your chest by saying things that aren't always positive. You might want to rant a little, you might want to vent a little. Um, but once you're done, make sure that you're, uh, energetically cleansing your surroundings that you're uh, sorted your life out, that you've got every, you've got a mission for your week and days and months ahead. Um, and, and, and maybe once you get your life in better working control and order, um, you're less likely to fall out of control, you know, because you've, you feel like you've, you're, you're handling things. The, what, the reason why people lose control so easily is because they, <clears throat> they're not keeping their mind updated. You've got to keep your mind upgraded update to the latest software. That means stay in the know with current events, but don't stay overly in the know. Don't overstay. You're welcome when it comes to the news and all the conflicts out there. Know what's going on, but learn to let go. Uh, you don't need to watch the news every single day, especially in politics, I assure you. Um, and don't become a part of the negative echo chambers. Um, and then keep your life sorted out, mate. You know, that's what it's all about. Sort your life out and you'll get Liz back. I promise. See, all he had to do is save her from a zombie apocalypse and he got Liz back. But uh, you know what I'm saying. Um, keep your life in balance. Organize. Prioritize. Write lists if you have to. The pros and the cons. I do it all the time. And um, I got really, really into, into a very bad place yesterday. But it was temporary. All I had to do is get it off my chest, say a few things, say what bothers me. And then I slept. And uh, woke up feeling pretty darn good, you know. And so don't bottle up your emotions. Just know where to put them where you're not going to be going off on people you care about. You know what I'm saying? So anyways, that's what I have for you today. Uh, we all get negative. We all get tired of things. We all get tired of people. We all have to vent. And uh, it's easy to lose control and let everything go to hell uh, when you're really mad or really down. Um, and so all I would say is learn to pick up those pieces after you've had a bout of uh, empathic overload or, um, or, or sadness or despair, um, learn to pick up the pieces, learn how to get your life back in order so that you're not always climbing out of that pit all the time. If you stay there and live there too long, um, it might become your comfortable shoe and you may never get out of that. That doesn't mean you can't share your, um, you know, like our friend Robin, she's always talking about her depression, but she's learned to make light of it with funny memes and things like that and um, saying and doing things that uh, allow her to express her sadness uh, to admit, yes, I have depression and anxiety, but in a way where um, she's making, um, making not making light of her, her mental health problems, but making light of the fact that she gets mad or sad or whatever. Um, have a sense of humor about yourself, have a sense of humor about life. And if you're too uptight to do that, <clears throat> you know, like I said, when you're angry, get it out. But then when you're done, uh, clean out that energy, clean up your life, sort your life out. And I assure you, your life will start making more sense. Um, don't live for others. You're not put on this earth, uh, to be, uh, you know, 
your your job. Your job is not your identity. Um, don't get all of your identity out of politics. You want to be a liberal, you want to be a progressive, fine, but just make sure you're not, you know, being a part of that woke mafia. The, 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 we don't need to cancel everything. We just need to uh, try to get uh, bad people to understand that uh, they're not making things any better, you know, but we can learn to choose our battles with that. Um, so, you know, that's what I got for you. You know, I'm not a perfect person. I'm not a psychologist. Um, I'm just a very uh, sensitive and passionate and uh, emotionally uh, mature, but also emotionally sensitive person who just like you, uh, I crave to be liked. I crave to be validated. I crave to be successful. But life, you're going to find, you know, doesn't work on your timeline, boy. And so we have to learn to be patient. And uh, I'm trying to do that. But, yeah, it gets hard. It gets hard. Um, but just know that um, here at uh, Surviving Empathy Podcast and Chef Bright Comedy, we're here to help empaths. We're here to help people that are having mental health woes, but not in a psychological psych. I'm not a psychologist, but I am here to try to cheer you up, to try to make rational sense out of our problems and uh, simply to um, poke a little fun at ourselves. You know, that's what it's all about. So uh, we've got one more episode for you this week. Uh, thank you for being with me today. Sorry, this went on so long, um, but you know, I guess I needed it. <laughs> so Thank you for indulging me and thank you for uh, forgiving me of my imperfections. Thank you for, um, for forgiving my trespasses and I will always forgive your trespasses. We are not perfect. We are a work in progress. Learn to live your life like that um, and make incremental changes where you can. Because honestly, you guys, uh, don't try to change people who are never going to change. It's not going to happen. Just ignore them energetically. They're not good for you anyway. Anyways, have a good day, you guys, and we will see you next time. Love you. Thanks.